everybody. Welcome to another comic spooky episode of Games My Mom Found, because we are at the end of Spooktober. I am Mike Helberton, and who's with me tonight? It is I, the walrus to your carpenter, Kenneth Sanity. <laughs> and welcome back again. Always a uh, pleasure to be here. And before we go too far, I do want to say we do have a Patreon. So as a little sort of dollar, you can go vote in our Patreon. You go right down in the show notes and you will see a link. And I don't know what the poll is going to be at this time, so but there will be a poll. So definitely go vote in that poll, only for little as a dollar. And Kenneth, this is completely your pick that I didn't even know existed until you told me. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, today we're going to be talking about a trio of twisted tales from the mind that brought us the long Halloween. Today we're going to be talking about Batman Haunted Night by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Which is a trade paperback of three stories from 94, 95, and 96 that are all Halloween themed. Close. 93, 94, 95, and it came out in 96. Oops. (laughs) But these were all one-shot specials that were released around Halloween. They were Batman Legends of the Dark Knight Halloween specials is what they were actually titled. Okay. And the, the popularity of these three stories together was basically what enabled the long Halloween to happen. Oh. Which is a cool thing to think about. Yeah, because like, I don't know. I don't know how much went into it, but just with three, these three stories, DC was like, all right, you know what? These guys aren't too bad. Let's go ahead and give them a long run. And then they give them a year long run. Ugh. Well, a pretty good, pretty good episode, a pretty good comic and a pretty good episode we recorded last year. Yes, indeed. One thing I do got to say, like his his art is is very unique too. Oh yeah, he has a very good art style. I, I don't remember what my opinion was in Long Halloween because it's been a while, but it, it, I liked it better in this. I think, or at least I enjoyed it in this. I can't remember what I did in Long Halloween. See, here's my whole thing. Um, Long Halloween was definitely much more of a like a not realistic art style. More like it was a lot of heavy colors, heavy shadows. There's a lot of stylistic choices that were made with how people were drawn. Uh, these these are much more kind of nightmarish. Hmm. Okay. These are all based, you know, they're Halloween stories. And unlike The Long Halloween, which doesn't really have much to do with Halloween at all, uh, these three stories are actually more of like a scary type of Batman story. Yeah, I can I can go with that. I was just going to say, in this book, we have three different stories. We have a book, a story called Fears, and then a story called Madness, and a story called Ghosts. Yeah, and two, I didn't, which are obvious, but they're inspired by classic stories. Mm -hmm. Which they even say in here, if you end the cover of the book, they say, like, two, Madness was inspired by the works of Lewis Carroll and John Tennille. And then in the ghost inspired by a Christmas carol. Yep. Because, you know, that's one thing I always think of when I think of Halloween. I think of a Christmas carol. You know, it worked, though. It it did. I, so the first one, so I had I had no idea what we were coming into with this book. I was just like, okay, you suggested this. I'm like, okay, I, I, I found it online. I'm like, okay, I'm going to read this. But I had no idea what the hell I was getting into or what this was. And it starts off and it just says fears and then it has one. And then it starts the book. And I was like, okay, so it doesn't take long. You see Scarecrow riding on a horse. I'm like, oh, Scarecrow's riding. Like, no wonder Kenneth picked this. He's a he's a big fan of Scarecrow. Uh-huh. <laughs> you betcha. What caught my attention right away. And it's just, like, it, it's, it works. Like, it starts off from Scarecrow's point of 
Or no, not no, it's not scared. Never mind. What I was gonna say, it starts out Batman is narrating it as Scarecrow is riding on a horse and bursts into a like a bar or something. Oh no, Batman bursts into a bar. Never mind. I'm I'm terribly doing this. You you talk. It just shows it shows Scarecrow and then it cuts. Yeah, it's basically just like wandering around saying, Hey, you know who's a menace right now? Scarecrow is a menace right now. And Batman's trying to find him. So Batman breaks into a bar and immediately starts roughing up some hoodlums asking where is jonathan crane but the design of batman when you first see him in this book he looks like the like a devil like it's the only the way terrifying. his eyes are red he's standing in the shadows like the way that they drew him he looks like a demon which i think is cool because i feel like it's the from the point of view of the mobsters yeah and the cool thing about this story it is called fears so of course they are going to make things look a lot more fearful in this story, at least in my opinion. And you got a lot of really clever panel setups here. There's not a lot of talking going on as Batman's just beating the absolute crap out of people. <laughs> Batman does. But there's some great panel setups that look like they could have been taken from a horror movie. And you got immediately Batman hangs somebody up with a batarang upside down. Of course. And starts getting information. This is good, too, because the guy is like, you know, he's trying to find he's like, who I know who you've been working for. Where, you know, where is Jonathan Crane? Where is Scarecrow? And he's like, I can't. I don't know. And it's just with the fear. Like, I mean, this guy is hanging upside down out of a window of a, some kind of tower by a rope. And Batman just standing there, you know, grabbing him by the hair. It's it's very good. But it, I didn't really catch it how much they make him like they really show the fear people are seeing with Batman at first in the way that this art is like, I didn't, I didn't catch it until you brought it up and now you are, you know, it makes sense. Yeah. And then like the next page you go to Scarecrow and you start finding out what he's been up to. And apparently he's been blowing up Gotham electric relay stations, just knocking power out different portions of the city. And it's been looting Gotham while it's happening. And this picture, you have Scarecrow kind of setting up a bomb on a you know electric relay station with lightning in the background, rain falling all around him, and yikes, man, <laughs> that's a creepy looking scarecrow. Oh yeah, no, it's a very good scarecrow in this. Like, it's the style they did of him and, and the way that he talks to when they when they have their conversation. Like the first thing he says, "Nick, knack, paddywhack, give a dog a bone." Like that's the you know I, I'm not I can't remember a scarecrow like was like that in the animated series if he had a lot of like rhymes and stuff. No, no. Okay. Well, this is just something different for this version of Scarecrow then. Yeah. Like this is more like the Scarecrow is more mentally broken. Okay. In this. I can see that. I mean, it works. Yeah. You know, and and like the the first line Batman says to him, you should be afraid, very afraid as he jumps at him. And then you have a, in the text box of him talking to himself that he's like tired, haven't slept in several days, which plays such a big part in this where you see Crane jump into the relay state, jump into the relay station, go on a rope and like slide away to escape Batman. And I, I want to say they keep Batman throughout the story. keeps talking about how tired he is because he hasn't slept, mm-hmm. which also I feel like, you know, works into the, the whole idea of the, of fear. And like, so I'm, I don't have a lot of experience with, with scarecrow stories. I mean, Batman Arkham Asylum, a little bit from the animated series, but that's my only re- real experience. This is the first ever Scarecrow story I've ever read, even just one book. Mm-hmm. But like when he gasses him in, because he follows him into a tunnel, which again, why would you, you know, not the best idea to follow Scarecrow, but he ends up gassing him and he, and he ends up getting to him, I want to say. Yeah. He, Scarecrow's tired of 
not having the toxin affect Batman. So he tripled the dose. And it doesn't appear to be working right now. Of course not, because Scarecrow says, boo, Batman doesn't flinch. And then Scarecrow gets absolute help beat out of him. He's like, oh my. Like you do. Uh, and I, I like this where you have someone like, hold you, freeze. And then Gordon's like, oh, it's you. <laughs> you know, yep, and Gordon shows up. Well, when Gordon shows up and collects the Scarecrow from Batman, he asks if Batman inhaled any of the gas. And Batman, of course, just like, I'm fine, just tired. And you see Jim trying to reach out to Batman, like to form like a social thing. Like, hey, Bruce Wayne has a costume thing. You could come. And it's not that I want to go, but, you know, maybe hang out. I thought that was actually and, pretty cool. Yeah, I thought it was nice. And you can you kind know, of tell that this is like early. Well, it's just, it's just kind of funny to me. Like, oh, you know, it's, a, it's at Bruce Wayne's place. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. not realize, you know, because you don't know who he is. I, I just I like that. It was it was it was actually pretty cool. And then it jumps to Gotham Manor and the way that they draw Gotham Manor, I, I thought was also very good. It just has like this way over exaggerated how gigantic this mansion is. Mm-hmm. So it was. And there's balconies and staircases and like it, bare trees on the outside. It has very much a Halloween vibe. Yeah. And then you then you first see Bruce Wayne. He's wearing glasses. And I can't remember you see Bruce Wayne wearing glasses very often. Not often, no. Okay, it, I feel it, like it, he did in Batman Forever when he was Val Kilmer. Oh God, that movie! <laughs> uh, but it, it's just—it's interesting. It made me think of Clark Kent, you know, because secret identity mm. type thing. But when you see the when you see the costume party, now that I'm looking at it, there's a guy looks wearing a costume looks a lot like Hawkeye, and there's a Where's Waldo guy in the in the in the page too. <laughs> <laughs> I did not catch that before. You oh, get a guy that, that looks like Bone. It looks like uh, Hobbs from Calvin and Hobbs. Okay, that's who that is. Down to the lower left, you got a guy that looks like TikTok from Return to Oz. <laughs> you got Snow White and someone handing them an apple. Yeah, there's like a bunch of just fun little things in here. You got Milk and Cheese from the 90s comics. Love Milk and Cheese. They're the best. Is that a villain? Uh, no, Milk and Cheese were just like weird 90s comic, like indie comic things. And oh, okay. It's one of the most violent comic series I've ever read. Oh. All right. And I also laugh when I see a guy dressed up as a Rams, except then it wouldn't be the L.A. Rams. I forget what it was. <laughs> I know they just changed, but I was just want to make that joke. <laughs> but you see the Rams and oh, it's interesting. Like people are talking to Bruce Wayne and he just doesn't really. And then you have these random like dogs are there. and He runs into a woman, which is interesting because that plays such a big part of the story later on, which I, I like it when you get Bruce Wayne stories, too. I found myself enjoying those more than I thought I would. Mm hmm. Bruce Wayne's stories are always interesting. Yeah. And this is where it cuts from them meeting to Scarecrow in the van with the cops being, you know, taken to the to the jail. And then he ends up he has the gas on him and he plucks something off his mask and then puts the gas in the room. And then they he scares the hell out of the officers and they crash. Yep. Which is horrifying. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That he's like bark bark bark, and you just watch you just see panels of his face and what they see, like snakes coming out of his eyes, fire, a dog. It's pretty good. And then of course the van predictably crashes. The bat signal is up in the sky, <laughs> and Scarecrow has gotten away. And then it, it goes back to Bruce Wayne dancing with his woman, and I like her first one of her first lines to him, I see you spare no expense on your cop on your outfit. And he says, I'm not much for costumes. <laughs> like I thought that was that was good. Like their interactions. I was curious, like where it was going. 
like where wh- who this girl was and um, i was thinking to myself maybe this was a villain that we didn't know about yet or something mm-hmm. I mean, she kind of is in a sense <laughs> but, not, uh, but not a um comical one let's say or not one that you know has right. powers but like you see a panel you see the library and how giant the library is with this ladder and the library just keeps going and her dogs break something and then Alfred just brings out a steak. <laughs> yep. As a way of distraction, which of course works. And while the woman is distracted with her dogs, Alfred drops the, um, Oh, Hey, there's a light in the sky, sir. Yep. And then he goes and then, he, you know, he tell, he asks Alfred to get her number. And then he's like, I can think of nothing I'd rather do. And I could just hear it in that voice of that, the way I picture that, the voice, of that character it's like, yeah, I don't want to do this, but sure. <laughs> Or maybe maybe I'm thinking it wrong. Maybe he's like, yes, of course I want. If you want to have a romantic relationship, I'm going to make it happen. Yeah, I don't know. It could be played either way because I, for me, Alfred is always going to be the Alfred from the animated series, just the one that's snarky and you know, kind of sarcastic, but loves Bruce. Yeah, it's and then she doesn't even give him. She's like, don't worry, I'll be in touch. Which I I I like that too. I thought that was a good just. Again, I really thought she was some like known villain that was going to appear later on in this book or something. Mm. I also did not realize that all three books are one-shot specials at first. I thought that maybe there was like a different chapter later on would have more to do with this until the story wraps up. I'm like, oh, okay, this is a one one thing. Yeah, so it is pretty nice and handily enclosed. Yeah, which I did like. And then it, it jumps back to Batman chasing after Scarecrow. And there's some good scenes with this. Like, or he's looking for Scarecrow, and then you have him seeing a place that's being robbed by a couple people, he just takes them out because, you know, Batman. But he also gets cut during this fight. Oh, yeah, across the chest. Yep, so the tired is starting to get to him. I like this. And then you see him, a scene where he goes back to the house, and one panel he's walking around naked because he just takes his clothes and just throws them on the stairwell while he's going up to bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's amusing. And then one of the lines you just see, like, he's like, I met a woman who I don't even know her name. Tired. And then knick-knack, patty-whack, give a dog a bone. Where is Scarecrow? Like, I think it's good. And then you have him you know, in bed, and then you have knock-knock. And he's like, oh, Alfred, come on in. And it's not Alfred. It's the girl from earlier that then introduced herself. Who is Jillian Maxwell. And not wearing glasses this time. Mm-hmm. And then you see a rose. And when I saw the rose, I'm like, oh, she's something to do with Poison Ivy. That's where my brain went. That's a fair assumption. Well, just also the fact that, you know, Poison, I mean, poison Ivy can, you know, trick men. <laughs> so that, that's where my brain went to. And then we start the second part of Fears. And there is some great artwork of Batman just on top of a building with just, just the artwork in the background of all the buildings. Yep. It's raining. He's, you know, just kind of hanging out amongst the gargoyles. This, I don't get this. I don't. And then he gets attacked by a bunch of crows. Yep. Oh, I see. Okay. It explains that the crows, we use the fear toxin on the crows, so the crows are attacking people. Or him. Yep. Okay. So he's just getting destroyed by a flock of crows, and he falls. He doesn't take a controlled dive. He just straight up falls off a building. <laughs> and it shows, like, and it even has a panel where he's fighting the crows, and he's like, it's odd. At a time like this, I'm remembering, and it, it, it jumps back to when he met Jillian the day before, or the night before, and how they had, like, a little bit of a date together, had lunch or breakfast, whatever the hell they had. And it's mm-hmm. cool to see. Like, to see him have a relationship with somebody a little bit starting to form, and it talks about, so maybe it had been a few days, talks about how they went on a date at, on the, in a park, riding in, like, a carriage, and, God, what did she ask him? 
okay, Bruce for a man who could have anything he wanted. Why do I have the sense that you rarely get what you want? Mm-hmm. And that's when they get someone tries to rob them. And I think he just lets them go, doesn't he? She kind of makes him. Okay, let him that's go. what it was. It's, and she's it's, like, see, the police will handle it. Bruce, it's only money. It's not worth your life. <laughs> and he's sitting there like, but I'm Batman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's. I, I like how everything's black and white in these flashbacks, except for the red of things, like the red of the rose, the red of her lips. That I, I love mm-hmm. when people, I love that aesthetic in comics, I found out. Yeah. It's not just Frank Miller that can do it, I promise. But anytime there's high contrast with a color accent, uh, chef's kiss. And then it, it cuts to Scarecrow. He has the he has the cloth from Batman's suit that the crow's ripped off. I guess that was the prize or something because he's, you know, and then Batman, of course, had followed, followed them and burst into Scarecrow's place. Yep. I, I do like this where he's like crane. Professor Crane isn't here right now, but if you like, make an appointment. Like, I like how, you know, it's such a different personality. Like, it's not it's two different people essentially in there. Do you remember that line from anywhere? I do not. That was a direct lift from this book for Batman Begins. When oh. Batman originally catches Crane, Dr. Crane isn't in right now. Maybe you'd like to make an appointment. Like, after <sighs> Crane gets hit by the fear gas. Okay, I haven't seen that movie in a while. That's a good film, though. Oh. Uh, Mm-hmm. And you get you get a lot of interesting stuff from this, like mixed into Batman Begins with the Scarecrow stuff. I always forget Scarecrow's in that movie because he's not a big not a big part of that movie. He's in all three of them. I know he's in Dark Knight Rises in the in the court. I don't remember him being in Dark Knight, but it's been a while. Yeah, he catches him right at the beginning. He's the drug dealer that oh, Batman okay. takes down right at the beginning. At some point, I wanted that trilogy well, on here. But. One of these days, we're going to get a good Scarecrow movie. Swear to God, mark my words. It's like we're going to get a good Two-Face someday. Yeah, you, you, what do you mean? You mean Tommy Lee Jones wasn't a good Two-Face? Actually, I, I, mm, <laughs> he, he did I what have he feelings. had. <laughs> I have feelings about that. And when it was young, when I was young, I thought it was great. When I got older, I hated it. Going back now, he was pretty good. <laughs> So then you have Batman chasing after Scarecrow in a maze and he's and he gets stabbed by these by the bushes and the thorns are covered in the fear toxin, I think it looks like. Yep. OK, so I, I like how he does that. And then you just see a panel, which God, that must have taken a while. All these little leaves on this thorn and Batman just clutching the wall on his knees. Yeah, and all you think is, is God, that must have taken a while to to, to draw that. Oh, Yeah. And this is very similar. A panel like this shows up later in the uh, in the Court of Owls series when he's down in the labyrinth. Oh, yeah. You see him just clutching at a massive wall because he is he's at his limits. He's had no sleep. He's been ultra poisoned (laughs) now by the scarecrow. It's so good. And then it, it jumps to Jillian is at the manor and Alfred confronts her. And she's like, oh, Bruce told me to wait here for him. Which, of course, he did not. (laughs) <laughs> I, I like that and then it jumped and then you you know you see him running through the maze again which it's just it is really another really good panel where he's only he's a small little character in the bottom right of this big two-page sp- spread with just the maze you know it it's good and he talks about how his father how his father had to go to work that no good deed goes unpunished and it's and then it's of course crazy. you just have crows circling over the yes. over the maze and I like, and then it jumps to chapter three, and I like seeing Alfred being the detective here, where he's putting in the information on the back computer about Jillian trying to find 
information about her. Yep. Which is great because Alfred gets a moment to shine. Fantastic. Because he and then Bruce shows up in the Batmobile, comes back to the cave, but it's it's and he just is all beat up and cut up and you know, and then of course Alfred takes care of him and you know, trying to get him get him the antidote for all the poison. It's yep, it's he good. is messed. And at the same time, you see Batman running around in, in a church because he's hallucinating from the toxin in his dream, chasing after the scarecrow and running to an altar to be married. And it's the scarecrow is the priest. <laughs> it's it's pretty good. And it's great because, like, you can tell that, you know, these weird dreams are really starting to focus on Batman's inner fears. Yeah. Because, as we all know, Batman does not play well with normal life. He always, you know, I can't have a relationship. I'm in love with the city and justice and other stuff. (laughs) (laughs) He can't enjoy himself. Right. So when you got this, like stuff like this happening, like there's a small maze that looks like it's made out of pews heading its way to the church or heading its way up to the church. And he's fighting his way through this. And this marriage that he's almost thinking of allowing himself to, you know, be a part of is being presided over by the one person who is terrifying him right now. <laughs> it's it's good. This is the same point where Alfred is helping him and then Jillian just comes in because Alfred was about to tell him about Jillian, what he found out. But before he can, Jillian is there, of course. Mm-hmm. And you know, you have some more of their interactions together. And at the same time, the bat signal is in the background. Like you can see the light, but he doesn't go to it. Yep. And he kisses her. But at the same time, he's looking at the bat signal out the window. Like, I, I like that. Because you're never going to get that full disconnect. Yeah, he just can't. And then, you know, they turn off the so Gordon turns off the light. Oh, he's not coming. To the, and then you just see a you see a page of Scarecrow standing above them going hickory dickory dock. <laughs> oh I, man, like that. And he just takes out Gordon. I mean, he doesn't kill him, but he knocks him out and captures him. Like, you don't really think about that, but come on. If everybody knows that there's a bad signal, why wouldn't the villain ever show up at the bad yeah, signal? You know where he's going, B. Like, yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of funny to me. And then at the same time, you have Bruce kind of coming to terms like that he wants Jillian here. And then he's mad at Alfred for looking up and Alfred even has the line. And he's like, I'll tender my resignation if that's what you wish, because he gives him a floppy disk, which makes me laugh because he knows you, but he hands him a floppy. Hey man, 93. <laughs> that's how things worked. No, I know. It's just, God, I had so many floppies full of things at one time. Oh, same. Just kind of funny to see. I love seeing old technology and stuff like this from, you know, era, but it just amuses me. And then, you know, he says he should have thrown away the disk without looking at it, left at a chance for happiness. I know it was like not to have a choice. (laughs) (laughs) So and and then it it cuts because he sees the bat signal in the air. But now there's a there's it's it's a jack-o'-lantern now because somebody painted orange and and their eyes on it. And so he goes to the police station. Scarecrow had took Gordon and put Gordon on on the face of a clock on the outside of of a tower. Because, hey, that's always a classy one. Yeah, I mean, I you just you look, you just sitting there. All these even tied. You just sitting there. Like, oh, I'm just gonna put you out here and have you sit here. Like, okay, don't move. I'm pretty sure he's he's inside. He's got his hands tied at least. Well, yeah, hands are tied behind his back, but he's not like tied to the thing. <laughs> but you got Scarecrow just kind of poking his head out, talking to Jim, having a good old time. <laughs> just saying more rhymes too. <laughs> uh, it's, 
And then the whole scene of them just running through a clock tower on gears while Scarecrow just keeps repeating, you know, nursery rhymes and stuff until he punches him in the face and just beat the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't stop. Oh, this either. is this is great because this reminds me of one of my favorite Disney movies ever. Which one? And that would be the uh, Great Mouse Detective. Oh, I don't yep. think I've fantastic seen it. movie. It's basically a mouse version of Sherlock Holmes. Oh. And the uh, final final battle between the two is a race through a clock tower. Oh, that's cool. So it's very similar to this. Maybe that, I mean, that could have inspired them, too. I wouldn't put it past them. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> but Batman finally catches Scarecrow. And oh, boy. And then it, it jumps again to Alfred and Jillian. She shows up the house because they're supposed to leave. Or no, she's lugging her luggage up because she's going to move in. And this is when... He tells her, you know, that she's not allowed in mm-hmm. because she does because he says who she was, like what she does that her what her real names were, her many different names and how she always marries a rich husband who dies accidentally. And he yep. kicks her out. And then Bruce sees the same thing that he found out and just he erases everything about her and realizes that he won't, you know, that he that he couldn't that he, he wanted to, but he he couldn't because he couldn't. You know, she was <laughs> she was no good. Mm hmm. And I thought that was really interesting when Alfred was like, perhaps it was a Batman who made the error, but only Bruce Wayne. And it's just like, oh, man. Oof. And then you have the little epilogue where she's on a beach somewhere. And, it's, and it says she calls herself Audrey Margaret now. And in three days, she'll marry one of Brazil's wealthiest men. And two weeks from then, he'll be killed in a car bomb explosion. Drug Lord did this. She'll already be practicing her lines in Spanish. <laughs> And then a random guy comes up to her and says, a man gave me this gift to you. And it has, it says confess a little bat with a little bat drawn around it and just says, and she knows she has no choice. Oh, so great. It it really was. I, this, when I, when I read this, I'm like, all right, you have my attention. (laughs) That's just where it went immediately. I'm like, all right. And then it jumps into a second story in the first page. You see the second story. Like, again, I knew nothing of what we were getting into. You just see a drawing of the Mad Hatter, and I'm like, "Oh yeah." Mm-hmm. Because you I do if love I remember, a good Mad Hatter story. Okay, that's what I thought. I thought you were a fan of Mad Hatter, also. Yep, I like the little guys, the ones who don't get a lot of attention. They're at least fun. And the second story is just called Madness. This I so I really like these first two stories a lot. I was a big the Scarecrow story is really good, and the second story just. The way it starts off, too, like you just see Barbara on a train with her dad, Gordon. Or no, this is not Barbara. Sorry. This is someone else. No, no, I'm pretty sure this is Barbara. So Barbara Gordon, their daughter, Batgirl, was adopted in this story. Oh, okay, okay. So it's not like a normal thing. Just the story. Okay, so she's there, but she's adopted in this story and she's writing in her diary and he's, you know, they're just talking. And then it cuts to a big two page spread of Batman confronting the Mad Hatter. Oh, they're flying through the train station. They go through the window. Oh, it's good. Oh, and, and again, just... You mm. have another villain who keeps quoting nursery rhymes. Or no, he's quoting lines from Alice in Wonderland, isn't he? Yeah. Okay, I, I don't know Alice in Wonderland super well. I don't know. I, I know I've seen it, but it's not one of those movies that ever stuck with me or anything. Which is fair. It's not for everybody. But his whole thing is Batman's trying to track down because there are kids that have run away. And have just completely disappeared. So he's trying to find the kids. And, well, he knows the Mad Hatter's in town. So he keeps tracking them down. And what I like is that, you know, Mad Hatter's no slouch here. 
He's no, keeping up. He's getting away from Batman. And I, I like this one. There's one line where Batman says, trying to be rational with an irrational man, one could ask, which of us is crazy? Yep. <laughs> I, I, it just, when I read that, I laughed because I'm like, he ain't wrong. You know, like, why are you trying to reason with someone who's crazy? Mm-hmm. He is. Uh, and it, it just, it works well. Yeah. And it, it works for, like, have a nice little, like, full page here of them fighting across the train, just kind of, like, showing him in different poses as they go along the train, just beating the hell out of each other. <laughs> it, it's it's good. And then they burn and, into, like, a some kind of place with cards on the walls or something. Oh, yes. A card factory, maybe? I'm not really sure yeah, what. Playing card company. Oh, I see. God. Yeah. Okay, I see that now. And then he freaks, and then. Mad Hatter kind of he sees a picture of the queen and he kind of like starts freaking out. He's like, oh, the queen oh, off with his head. And he pulls out a machete to cut off Batman's head. And he gets him in the shoulder. Uh, Batman gets beat up in this. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you expect, you know, Mad Hatter to have some kind of a weird, you know, gadget or something and takes off his hat and just, you know, tries to shoot Batman. He pulls and a gun him. out of his hat. Yeah. Oh, it's a great magic trick. You know, but hey, it was good. It worked. Yeah. It was. And he shoots Batman and Batman falls off. He shoots him in the head and he falls off off the conveyor belt or not conveyor belt, but on the platform that they're on. And Mad Hatter is going, I'm late. I'm late. I'm late. I'm late. Very much like the White Rabbit. In yeah. And then Alice in Wonderland. And then it jumps to Gordon with Barbara and their their son and the wife. And she's trying to feed the baby. And they got and. Gordon and Barbara get into an argument because he's being an asshole to her because she didn't do something he wanted, I guess. Well, he wants, she wants to go out. Oh, he doesn't want her to. Okay. And then they get into a fight. Right, about because it. it's Halloween in Gotham city, which makes sense. Yep. <laughs> I get it. You know, and it, it's good. And then you have, you have the scene of Batman laying on top of a card of a giant card, all bleeding with the two injury he has. And just one big page spread. Like it looks or just one big page. It looks good. And you yeah, have more looks, flashbacks. Yeah, the flashbacks. This is where we probably get to the most important part of this story. Is that you have Bruce's mom reading Alice in Wonderland to Bruce when he's a child. And he's clearly having a good old time. But I like this. Earlier in the comic, that's why Batman says he finds dealing with the Mad Hatter more disturbing than Two-Face or Joker or Scarecrow. Because this is a memory that he has from a kid, and the Mad Hatter just perverts it, destroys it. <laughs> and it's, it's like in this scene, it talks about how, because everyone knows in the famous Batman, you've seen it enough damn stories, where she always has the pearl necklace on that gets broken when she gets killed. And mm -hmm. it, shows, it shows you here that he was the one that gave her the pearl necklace because he wanted to make it a special night when they were going out to the movies. Yep. I, like, I really and do. And of course, I like how, it is that night that they're going to see the Mark of Zorro. Yeah. God. And then it jumped back to Gordon and he's sitting in, in the room with Barbara and Barbara had ran away because she wanted to go out for Halloween and he yep. finds her diary. And then I, I like how his wife gets mad at him and tells him to get off his ass pretty much and go look for her. And she's just kind of hanging out in the park like one does. On Halloween with a couple of guys in skull masks come up to her and try to kill her or rape her or whatever the hell they're up to. Ain't yep. gonna, ain't gonna be good, that's for sure. And she's upset. 
because she's like, well, I hate it when he's right. And then I think, yeah, that does. No, Mad Hatter shows up and shoots mm-hmm. at the guys and they run away, which is not. And then he calls her Alice, of course. And, you know, it's interesting because he doesn't really like he kidnaps her pretty much. But at the same time, you see a little bit later, well, I guess he did have a gun. That wouldn't be that hard so, <laughs> to be like, come with me or I shoot you. So, yeah. It, it's interesting. Then it jumps to Batman walking around in the building trying to get out and he's just going down a long stairwell and he's all beat up. And he, when he comes out of this play, he breaks through a, a board. You just see a sign that says no exit. And I, I like that, how that's just one of the things that stands out here. He's underneath mm-hmm. this bridge and this is when some some woman comes up to him and he just and it shows a scene of him collapsing the ground with in crime alley with the dead body of his mother holding him. <laughs> One of these days. But then we jump into the second part. And we start with Barbara having some tea. (laughs) And she won't drink her tea. Mm -mm. And then you have the other, all these people that are dressed up in costume near, near her that are also kids that he cap that he pretty much captured or, you know, and one guy makes a comment, have some tea kid. He don't like it. And we don't drink the tea. (laughs) And I think if you find out shortly after the tea, he's drugging everybody with the tea. Mm hmm. It's, oh yeah, it's pretty good. Where he has everyone dressed up in these costumes, and then I guess somebody tries to run away at one point, or they talk about like what they you know show no show somebody running away, then it shows Gordon stopping kids with his light or shining his light on kids trying to find Barbara, and then he found the one who was dressed as the March Hare who oh, did get okay. away that ran away. Yep, I see. So he's got an idea. And then it cuts to Batman being helped by somebody and he keeps and he sees his mother. And then it turned out to be some old woman who's just who who's helping him recover. And he has it's she's the one Leslie. That, OK, so she's the one that took care of him in this flashback when he was bruised after his parents died. And she tries to read him Wonderland. He's like, I don't want nothing to do with that book. Yep. OK. Les- Leslie Tompkins is a big character in the Batman continuity. OK. Um, she's always trying to uh, do something you know, to help out the, you know, less privileged in Gotham. Bruce is constantly throwing money uh, her way to help fund these projects. Batman always tries to protect these projects. So this is, it's... hmm? Does she know he's Batman? Uh, At this point, no. Okay. And I'm not sure if she ever finds out. But I feel like she does. She was in the animated series a lot. All right. I unfortunately have no recollection of that, but all right. But it's, um, I'm glad. No, she's a main. She's a regular character. I was I was really confused at first. So, yeah, she's she's definitely been around for a while. OK, so then he gets in the backmobile because he asks what time it is and he heads off to where Matt Hatter is because he hears on the police scanner what they're you know, where they're headed. And all the police are round up at the house where the kid came from. And I, I like this where Batman just like, I'll go in. You stay here. Mm-hmm. This is. And again, you see Batman being Batman and just uh, just some I like there's just some little kid wearing like a tiger hat and says, we're all mad here. I'm mad. You're mad. And there's a really good line where he says, I don't know how long Gordon will wait with his child in danger. He'll react emotionally. I fool myself in thinking I'm stronger than that. It's it's, oh, it's so great. And then so you, you see get, Mad know. Hatter and he has a rope around Barbara's neck or a wire to kill her. If the, I think know, it's like a watch chain. He's like getting ready to watch her out with. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Batman's like, every scenario I think of winds up with Gordon's daughter hurt or, and then Gordon just busts through the window behind Mad Hatter. <laughs> and, nope, she's fine. Uh, and then Batman chases after Mad Hatter. 
and you just see one scene where he's looking in the mirror and Batman just coming behind him in the mirror and just grabbing him and just smashes his face into the mirror, his head into the mirror. Yep. And I do love the fact, of course, that Jervis Tetch's head makes kind of a bat-ish shape in uh-huh. the mirror crack. <laughs> of course. And then Barbara goes back to Gordon and wants to come back home. And you see Bruce sitting in the library and he pulls out a book and it's Alice in Wonderland. And he starts reading it while it's raining. It's it's a nice little ending for this one. It's a good story. This is also the first Mad Hatter story I've, I've ever read. And it probably bears a striking resemblance to, oh, God, what was that? Was it City or Origins that had the Mad Hatter thing in there? Both. Yeah. Origins one I so like better because Origins the one that has the random girl that was Alice that's like, he's like, you'll be okay. And, and, I, and someone says, no, I won't. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's pretty similar to a lot of what they put in the games. Like, oh, he's kidnapping people to play at Alice in Wonderland because he's a weirdo. I think I think Origin goes, you are cordially, cordially, cordially invited to a party. I think that's yeah, probably. Origin. I can't remember. I know both City and Origin both have a Mad Hatter moment. We've done both of those, but I can't remember which one is which. I just know I like the Origin one better. Fair enough. I can't remember if Knight has Mad Hatter also. Uh, we'll find out because we're playing that next year. <laughs> so we're finally wrapping that up next year, and then you get the last story, Ghosts, which it like the first image you even see. You don't even I don't think you don't even see the name. You just see Poison Ivy, Joker's face, and Penguin's face, and then you see the title, Ghosts. Yep, this is my least nice favorite of the three. Mine too. So I I really enjoyed the first two. Like I remember I read the first two, and I I texted him like oh, this is great, and you're like eh, I keep reading. <laughs> Or something like that. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's still a good story. It's just not my favorite of the three. Because this one is very much, a, as I said before at the top of the episode, this is inspired by The Christmas Carol, which I didn't read that first. But, oh, God, yes, it is. Oh, yeah. Big time. So it starts off with the. it says, "'Twas the night before Halloween. And it has Bruce that had got that um, God, Wayne Corporation, the big tower, eating shrimp cocktails out of a pumpkin, out of a jack-o'-lantern with Lucius Fox. Yep, and then Lucius, this is, you know, he never got hired at Wayne Tech, so we just kind of happened to be here. Oh, I did not catch that. <laughs> and this is when the Penguin then breaks into the place and is trying to steal from them or something, I guess? Yep, and this is, I like this Penguin. I don't. I like this Penguin. He looks like a freaking monster. Looks like a Penguin. I, I, yeah, I mean, you are right. Like his teeth are all little teeth. Like I just don't like him. Yeah, I don't like this design. I mean, it's a good, it's a good, and it works for the story. But I just didn't like it. Like this is the old school. Like the penguin is actually, you know, has some deformities. He's had a weird life. He's not this, you know, just a short arms dealer with umbrellas. He's an actual, <laughs> like he has actual physical deformations. Yeah. And, and, then, and then this reminds me of like the action hero version of Danny DeVito's penguin from Batman returns. Yeah, I can, I can go with that. It, it's he, his hands are deformed. It looks like too. And with the gloves he's wearing. Yeah, I can definitely go with that. Yep. So uh, it's, it's just Robin and he shoots Bruce Wayne. <laughs> and then Bruce Wayne falls out the window and Batman comes. Yep. And no one wonders what, how Bruce Wayne survives. Them. <laughs> but hey, and then he has him like, when he punches him in the face and he punches that little monocle in his eye and his eye starts is all, you know, his face is all messed up. Like that just amused me too. Yep. Always think of the bottle uh, cap just... monocle from Arkham city. Uh, I don't like it. 
I don't like it. And then he jumps out. Penguin falls off the window, and they're like, "He killed himself." And then you find out that he had a freaking like jetpack on, so he's flying away. Yep. <laughs> and and Batman throws a battering to him, and he catches him, and then he cuts the rope with his, his umbrella, which doesn't help him any because then he just grabs his foot. But I liked it. I do like the whole "you blew the idiot with your added weight, you'll kill us both." <laughs> Which very much mask of the phantasm when Joker's getting away on his jetpack. Oh yeah. You idiot, let go or we'll both die. <laughs> I didn't catch that. I don't know what came out first though. Mask Phantasm, right? Oh, I'm pretty sure this would have been the ninety five one, so I think this one might have come out first. Huh. Okay. So one of these copies from them. It doesn't it's not that important. Copies. Who needs copies? Doesn't matter. It's but yeah, Batman. Catches the penguin with the battering on his foot. And he goes home. And he's hanging upside down. <laughs> and after he does that, then he, he gets a little pendant, which is Lucius Fox's pendant. And he kind of mentions about that. Then he goes home to his house, to his manor. And he's just like, I'm very tired, Alfred. And he, he just, he goes, to, he goes to sleep. Which, again, this kind of seems like a theme of this story where he just can't sleep. <laughs> but this, this is interesting because it does say that... Uh, it's like, now that you mention it, I might have eaten something that didn't agree with me. And if I remember right, I'm pretty sure that's what Scrooge says, too, before he starts seeing his ghosts. Uh, I can't. I have. I don't remember at all. I've never it's been a while it. since I've read it. Yeah, I, I don't. I've never read it. I just know the cartoons. Donald. It was, it was Scrooge McDuck. Uh, fair enough. That's a good one. And then you have him laying in bed. He's like, can't sleep. Feverish. Perhaps that accounts for what I saw or thought I saw on the front door. Because he saw a door thing that wasn't the right one or something, I think. For yeah, a it looked like, um, like his father superimposed on the door. Oh, I see. Okay. I did not catch that. But okay. And then a ghost comes, and it is his da- it's the ghost of his dad, all wrapped in chains, holding an MD bag. Yep. And Which basically, is- it's the whole Jacob Marley speech. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm assuming it's from that story. Uh, yeah, it's from Christmas Carol. Basically, the whole, you know, I wasted my time and I was obsessed with my medical practice. I lost sight of what was truly important. It's not too late. Your obsession with Batman creates a larger chain. Blah, 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 blah. So on, so forth, etc. <laughs> and then he says he'll be visited by three ghosts or three spirits. He there warning my son. And then he just disappears out the window. Yep. You know, as ghosts do. <laughs> and then you get the second dream where he's still sleeping and he gets wrapped up in vines. And it, you have poison ivy, which is the same art that didn't end up, you know, that is used the same like design of her that we see in Long Halloween. Mm-hmm. And at first I, I thought this took place after Long Halloween, but it does not take place before because this is what got them to get Long Halloween. So. I like her first line, though. Hello, lover. Long time no see. Yep, so it's, she's been around for a while. She's an old character. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, somehow you poisoned me, invaded my home, my mind. And her lines, I'm flattered by the accusation, but I'm merely a player this evening, not and not the pilot. The real Pamela Isley is locked safely away in Arkham, where you put her. You know, it's it's good. And seeing her, like, just kind of be there, and she shows him, again, more past, like it's Halloween. When he was a kid, his mom is still alive, and he's dressed up as Zorro, and he's supposed to go trick-or-treating with his dad, but his dad is working. I know, and I, I like that. Like, the whole, he's like, he, it's not fair, he promised. And then it's like, he promised. It's good. It's really good. 
And then you find out that Bruce doesn't have any friends, so he can't go with anybody. Yeah. I so, like that, too, where she's like, what, you said, we'll call your friend. He's like, I have no friends. Oh, it's what good. a bummer. And then she takes him. Oh, she takes him to their first meeting when he first met Lucius Fox in France when he was not yep. Batman yet, but he was on the run and learning and he rescues him while fight and he fights off the goons and meets Lucius Fox for the first time, which is, and he saves that amulet again, <laughs> which plays a part <laughs> in the story. And it's cool to see, like, I, I like seeing these dream sequences where he's, you know, a th- third person point of view looking at himself. Yeah. And he's just sitting there with a cape glowering over everything. And this is, you know, all, what could have been things that he didn't do in the past. And like, it's showing him what could have been differently if he had played things different. And this, this is what they make allusion to at the party. You know, what could have, what would have been if you would have accepted my you know, proposal? It's good. <laughs> and then she, the last thing she says to him, is that how your parents would have wanted you to honor them? You wouldn't understand. No one could. So have you said, so you said it's, it's and then he wakes nice, up. Yeah. And he has his third dream. <laughs> so he ends up like, Oh God, the shrimp that I ate, I feel sick. And then he, he go, he's walking around his mansion and he hears a laugh and he's like only, and then you all oh, Batman is also there. He sees bat Bruce Wayne sees Batman, <laughs> which should kind of tell you well, it's a dream. And he goes well, see, into a, like he's turning into Batman as he's following these. Puppets. Oh, that's what's happening. Okay. I didn't catch that. Yeah. I see what you mean now. Okay, that's even cooler. Yeah, like and he's then... following these, and like you see, like the second one, he's got a little bit of the cape on, but his upper torso still looks like regular Bruce. And then by the time he gets to the door, he's fully Batmaned up. Okay, now I I see what you mean. That is cool. And in the room, it's Alfred is hanging upside down, tied up with an apple in his mouth, or an apple in his mouth. It looks like, and there's pumpkin jack o' lanterns everywhere, and Joker's just sitting there laughing. Yay, the Joker. Hooray. I could have done without the Joker because I thought this was going to be a Joker-free story. Yeah. Honestly, happen. this is kind of what kills it for me. I mean, so many other characters to pull from that could have been here, and they pulled the Joker. I mean, I get it. Yeah. Because he's the most famous of the villains and the most popular, so it makes sense. But I could have done without it. I would have rather had someone else confront him. I mean, again, it's not real. It's a ghost, and this is him, him dreaming. But you have... Joker confront. He tries to, you know, hit Joker over the head, of course, with an iron, but it goes through him because he's a ghost. And and of course, and then it, the Joker takes him to see these kids that come to the mansion, but are scared to come because the mansion is haunted. Yep, and he's effectively acting as the ghost of Christmas present here. Oh, so okay. he's basically showing, you know, this is what your life is now. This is not, you know, what the past was. This is what you are projecting out in the world right now and nobody wants to go to bruce's house for trick-or-treating because they swear it's haunted guy never comes out and he's only we only have joker for six pages and then it jumps to the last ghost which is death or the grim reaper yep you you're right though they could have done i mean there could have been somebody else besides joker for six pages yeah it was a waste but whatever who would you have put there if you would pick a villain you think would have worked oh man Talk about Christmas present. Ooh. I probably would have picked the Riddler. Oh, the Riddler would have worked. Yeah. Yeah, Riddler would have worked. I think Riddler would have been a good choice. Like, you know, riddle me this. What kind of person is alive but not alive at the same time? Yeah. 
and then shown him the haunted house. I think that would have been a good choice. That would have worked too. I agree. I would have liked that better because I'm tired of Joker stories, even though I read tons of them on the show. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I have more planned in the future. But that's just Batman, I guess. So then it shows Death is talking to him, and he sees the future of his house all in ruins, and Alfred is older and visiting the grave of Bruce because Bruce died as Batman. Yep. And his grave is covered with ivy and lightning. And, you know, it's very much the typical, you know, oh, I've died. Oh, no. Yeah. It's, you know, the whole idea of the story. And then the the Grim Reaper becomes Batman. The Grim Reaper takes off his hood and he's wearing the Batman hood. He's Batman. (laughs) And then, of course, the last line, spirits of these visions are things to come or is it too late to change? And then he wakes up. And Alfred is there and shows him the newspaper and he and he ends up meeting. He, he finally then he ends up calling Lucius Fox, sees Lucius Fox. And does he ask him to work at the company? I think. Yeah. No, he just much. gives him back his gift. I guess what it was. Well, he he does. But at the same time, he is, you know, he's trying to find a way of keeping his name, reputation and Wayne Fortune alive in Gotham City. So this is where he establishes the Wayne Foundation. And this is where he finally gets Lucius to start working for the him, which is great. And then he does give him back the medallion. Which is cool to see. Yeah. It's a nice little wrap up to the story. And then the, the very last thing you see is he goes out to to the door and he has lights on to his mansion for the trick-or-treaters and the trick-or-treaters come and he, ha- and he has a big basket of candy to give them. Yeah. And he's finally showing his face to the world because he's changed. Except he hasn't changed. Not at all. <laughs> it's a good story nonetheless. It, it, it's fine. It's I, a fine story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the least of the three, but it was still it was still good besides the six page I could have done without. Agreed. It's just that's that one little part that I didn't care for as much. Yeah, but the rest of this, you know, solid book. I do like that, you know, these were not just, you know, three stories that were thrown together for this particular volume, but these were three years worth of Halloween stories that were all collected. Yeah. So, like, there's really nothing to bind them together other than the fact that they were Halloween specials by these two dudes. Which led to one of your favorite books ever. Agreed. <laughs> so, which is such a, it's a cool fact. Like, I, I was, it was nice to read something where I had no idea what I was going, going into. And you just kind of put yeah. me into it. And, you know, you got a Scarecrow story. I honestly think that Fears is probably my favorite story in this one. Just because I love Scarecrow. I really do. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> That's why I'm like, oh, okay. I see why you picked as soon as I started reading it. And I think with that, we should go to Shelf Stacker Box. Oh, oh, yeah. And why don't you go first? <laughs> All right. Well, in the case of Batman Haunted Night, I will absolutely be putting this on the shelf, actually. Much like uh, singer Meatloaf would say, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> and uh, Fears and Madness, those two stories for me are absolutely worth purchasing this, giving it a read through. Ghosts is fine. It's fine. But altogether, this is great book. Great book. I would put it on my shelf and implore others to read it. What about you, Mike? Um, I would also put this on the shelf. I, I went into this book with no anticipation, no like, I'm like, okay, what are we reading? And I really enjoyed it. Like it was a, it was a lot of fun to read. I mean, there were three separate stories that didn't have a whole lot 
you know, they have an arc in a way, but they were just good. And the first story, all seeing him, you know, almost marry this woman that turns out that she was just marrying billionaires and killing them. Like it was, I liked it a lot. I liked how Detective Bruce Wayne could not figure it out either because he was under the spell, essentially, you know, of a beautiful woman and the loneliness that was eating at him. And it was really good. And the Mad Hatter story was fun. Ghost was meh. But overall, as a as a as a story, I, I even recommended to someone else recently when they were like, I need to read a Batman. Story. I'm like, read Batman Out Knife. You never heard of it because didn't even know it existed. And I, I enjoyed it going on the shelf. And I'm really glad you picked this and that we got to read. I got to read this finally. Something I had. Yeah. No idea so, <laughs> yeah. That's about, I, that's about what I expect. I, I, I thought we both would probably shelf this. Fantastic. Yeah, this is this is a good time. I'm really glad that we got to read through it, talk about it. And anything that really gets to shine a light on the lesser Batman villains, well, that just makes me a happy man. <laughs> Plus, it's nice to read a Batman story that's not... Because like, when you hear Batman stories, there are certain ones that always come up. And this is one that I have. I don't think I've ever seen mentioned on any of the top list of Batman stories. Not usually, no. I mean, usually it's... You know, Long Halloween, Arkham Asylum, Death of the Family, Death of the Family, Killing Joke. You know, it's usually the big ones that people talk about. And I feel like more people should read this one. This is a this is a solid entry. Yeah, it was it was very good. So I'm glad that we read it. And if you want to hear us talk about more Batman, we have done other Batman episodes on the show. Batman Arkham Origins, episode 139. Batman, Master Phantasm, Phil 17. Batman Arkham City DLC, Harley Quinn's Revenge, Mini 13. Batman Arkham City, episode 118. Batman Arkham City Comic 24. We talked about the comic before the game. Batman The Killing Joke, Comic 22. Batman Arkham Asylum, episode 97. Batman The Long Halloween, Comic 17. Batman Death of the Family, Comic 8. Batman Hush, Comic 3. And then we covered the Batman 89 game back in episode 3 for Genesis. (laughs) Which, uh... You, you just there if you want to hear it. It's old, so I don't. Now, I'm not on all of these, but I am on a lot of these. Yes, you are. <laughs> You're on seven of the eleven. Oh wow! Impressive. <laughs> yeah, you weren't always our Batman guy right away. You're just our Batman comic guy. Then you, because you miss Hush and Death of the Family. Then you run the rest of them that we've done. Yeah, but that's all right. Yeah, we can cover the Hush movie someday. Because I'm sure it's different. So. Plus, I want to see it. Oh, yeah, it is. It is <laughs> so, different for sure, let me tell you. I will gladly watch that movie. All right. Batman. All right. So that wraps up this episode. And this is the end of Spooktober for this year, if you're listening to this. Right. So listen to all the other horror stuff that we've done this month. Go check it out. We covered some good games, and we covered some some good stuff. So definitely go look at what everything we did. And I'm pretty sure this will be the last horror thing you No, I lied. The time you're hearing this, there'll be one more horror thing gets released on Halloween night. There'll be one episode that comes out. So check spooky. that out, too. And it's going to be Silent Hill 3. So definitely spooky. I forgot Ooh. to release that on Halloween night, Silent Hill 3. <laughs> Perfect. So, oh, so definitely go check those out. And if you want to help support the show and you can vote in our monthly polls that we do, you can go down to our Patreon for the little dollar. You can vote in each month. I do a different poll. You can vote and decide what we're going to have, what we're going to cover on something. You get, you get to decide. So definitely go do that. And I want to give a shout out to our awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Bobby, AKA Mike Stoney from ZP Bite the Bullet. Song the cool kid squad. Also want to give out to our, to our buddy, Bill Tucker, who was, who did the MCU stuff with me and guests on the show from time to time. He started his own podcast, A Gamer Looks at 40. Definitely go check him out. 
And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. We are on YouTube. Only audio, but hey, we're there. Some people prefer their podcasts on YouTube. And there are people out there who actually who listen to them on, on YouTube. So if you want them, they're there for you. You can listen to them while you're at work. Because YouTube works well when you're at work doing other stuff on a computer. <laughs> <laughs> I should know. So definitely go check those out. And we will see you guys all next time. And there will be more Batman. I promise. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>